welcome to another episode of Banking Matters. I'm your host, Ashton Woodling. Joining me today is Brandon Maggard. Brandon Maggard is a financial institution specialist with Ken Bank Insurance in Louisville, Kentucky. He has been in the insurance business for 14 years and has over 11 years of experience in specifically helping financial institutions with their insurance needs. Brandon is also a member of the National State Banking Association Insurance Roundtable and graduated from Western Kentucky University with a BBA in marketing. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ashton. Yeah, I'm so excited to visit with you today. So one tradition we have in Banking Matters is to discuss each of our unique journeys into the world of banking and financial services because no one is a child dreams of becoming a banker or honestly, probably an insurance person uh, when they're, you know, six years old. So tell me, how did you find yourself in your current position? Um, well, I actually may be the exception. Uh, my, uh, it's a family thing for me. My grandfather actually, uh, um, his career was insurance and banking um, as long as I've, I can remember. Uh, and my father, who's the CEO of our agency has been doing this for uh, 30 plus years as well. So uh, I didn't know I was going to do this, but um, it, it worked out pretty good on, on how that uh, how I got in this business. Yeah, kind of in your blood then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, I'm not super familiar with, honestly, with the insurance offered by state bank associations. Mm-hmm. What, it, what is that? What do you what do you offer? So we're a full service uh, independent agency that only works with banks. So we, we are, we're a niche agency in that we, um, we focus on those products that, you know, banks have, and that's, uh, that is probably depending on the bank can be 13 to 15 product lines. Um, most, most commonly where, where we see, uh, um, the growth is is financial institution bond directors and officers liability cyber is obviously a huge topic and and something that I deal with every day. We also do the banks, you know, property, casualty, general lines, um, and collateral protection, fee income. Um, in certain states that we operate in, we 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 do employee benefits as well. So I mean, any really any kind of insurance that would touch a financial institution is what we specialize in. So does every state bank association have an insurance agency or is this unique? No, uh, it's, it's pretty unique. Um, we, we have, I'd say there's probably off the top of my head, maybe 15 specific wow. agencies that are, you know, at least, um, a part of state banking associations. Um, and we've actually, um, our footprint is obviously Kentucky. I'm out of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, but our agency has partnered with other state banking associations to be their preferred providers. So um, we have those partnerships with West Virginia and Indiana at the moment. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't realize there were so few. Definitely a niche industry. Right, right. Yep. And as banking has kind of gotten more pla- more complex, um, I think is an understatement with regulatory pressures and um, rates and everything going on, um, we've, uh, we've still been able to grow. So, um, with our expertise, cause it's all we do. We write over 150 banks in six different States now. So, wow. um, it's pretty good for our, our footprint here. And, um, it's been, it's been good. What size banks do you work with? The biggest bank we work with, uh, 
north of 30 billion in assets probably now. Um, the smallest bank is that little SNL in the river up here. That's uh, about 20 million in assets. So I yeah, mean, that covers, covers the gambit of community banks, if you will. Um, so um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, we have a, a unique way we go about it. And, um, you know, we also have access to all the resources that we have here at the Kentucky Bankers Association, which is huge, you know, uh, our general counsel and um, IT, everything. Um, so it's, uh, it's a good setup. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so does every bank have like a, a standard insurance package they need and then you build on from there? Or is every, I'm going to call it a package, uh, but mm-hmm. is it everything totally tailored to each bank? Every, every group looks different. For us, every bank can look pretty different. I mean, um, you know, and as like I've told you, you know, you as you go to different states, I mean, it can really change, right? I mean, what what works in Kentucky and what applies to in Kentucky maybe is not the same in in other states. Um, so you have to be nimble in that, um, and um, and learn and grow and and know what banks need. But I mean. Most every bank can look pretty similar on the surface, but when you dig in, I mean, certain coverages and certain language in a policy uh, may need to be added or taken out, depending on, you know, type of loans that banks are doing, what products they're offering, or, you know, there's a lot of banks that uh, that are set up quite differently. So, what does that look like for you on your side? How do you get to know the banks and figure out what their offerings are? I'm on the road a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> You know, actually covering three states, headquartered here in Louisville. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed being on the road um, and, and talking to banks. Um, so I'm just in and out of banks all the time. So I kind of know what's going on in the industry. I mean, I go on, you know, lobbying trips to, to D.C. with the associations. So I'm with bankers and understanding the issues that, that they're dealing with in, in D.C., not only D.C., but also in, in Frankfurt here in Kentucky or in Charleston in West Virginia or in Indianapolis, Indiana. So you know, that keeps me plugged in, um, you know, what's going on with banks. Um, but also, you know, just, um, developing relationships and when I say relationships, genuine relationships, you know, with, with my customers and my banks, whether that's, um, you know, some of my bankers that like to play golf, I'm a golfer. So that, that helps us, you know, connect a little bit closer as well. But also, like I said, we're on the road a lot. We go to a lot of conventions. We go to, go to DC a lot. So we're in front of bankers all the time. Because that's what we do. That's all we do. We know banks and that's what we do. Yeah. So you've got kind of a unique perspective, right? So you get to know right. banks and banking, but you also have that insurance side, dual focus. Right. It's um, it's served us well. Like I said, you know, most uh, most general lines agents, agents that do everything, um, I, I don't I don't know how they could keep up with everything that changes day to day in a banking setting. I really and and be confident in that. And, um that's one of the things we've committed to I always tell everybody I'm a inch wide and a mile deep, right. When it comes to this stuff, I mean, cause it's, you got to know what you're talking about. Um, cause that could be the difference in a, in a claim being paid. And, um, there's a lot at stake, especially for these community banks that have, you know, um, reputations on the line in a lot of these cases. Yeah. So tell me about some of the different things that banks are insured for. Like when I'm thinking of it just in my head, I'm picturing like, as basic as a customer, I don't know, slipping in the lobby and hurting themselves and, and maybe as, as elaborate as like a cybersecurity attack. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, a bank has, you know, 
general liability policies that cover them for those situations or workers' comp policies, just like any other business, obviously property and auto insurance and things like that, to, uh, you know, breach response policies that uh, would would kick in in the event of a, of a cyber breach or, or, or a cyber extortion event or, you know, um, banks or, you know, lawsuits that they may face, you know, whatever that may pertain to. Um, we also insure the money in the bank, right? I mean, the bond is there to insure the money. So, um, you know, a lot of banks don't understand that their bond actually has a lot of cyber coverage in it as well. You know, it insures the money and how it's stolen via the wire fraud. We're seeing a, a lot of check fraud. Um, so, I mean, it truly is, uh, I'll try to, I don't want to get in the weeds too much. I know we have a, we don't have too much time, but um, it truly is complex and they, and they all need to really tie in together uh, in our experience. So everything is working in unison. Yeah. Tell me about the phrase bonding of staff. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, what does that look like? So bonding of staff, I mean, that would be um, if, if an employee is bondable. So the financial institution ensures the uh, the financial institution bond insures the bank for fraud. Um, and in order for an employee, part one of those insuring agreements is employee dishonesty. Um, if an employee were to try to steal from the bank for many, for any reason, most, most common, you know, embezzlement or, or something along those natures. Um, but your employees are bonded. Um, I mean, the only thing I'm aware of that would make it unbondable. Again, this is also state by state, pretty specific on that too. Uh, you got to check those your state laws, but um, you know if, if you know of any fraudulent or you know unlawful or dishonest behavior because of a, a background check you've done maybe on a um, on an income employee, you know that they've say they were convicted with for theft or something, and you still hire them, you know your financial institution bond in most cases is not going to extend to that um, that employee if they do report to steal from you. Um, if you know of a situation and you don't report it to the insurance company um, that they do steal from you and then they do it again, there's probably not going to be coverage for that either. So that, I mean, in, in, in short, that's, um, that's, I think that's what you're referring to. When, when yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so would you say it's accurate to say that banks aren't necessarily required to do background checks on their employees, but if they don't, or if the results are, are somewhat negative, that that would have an effect on their insurance coverage. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the policy, like I said, is there for bonding, uh, you know, for the bond and um, to insure for theft. So there's not really anything in there that requires that background check. I think it's a good practice to do so. Um, but um, yeah, exactly. What you, yeah. 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 How would that, um, what do you look at for like directors and officers? So yeah, what, what most people call their DNO policy uh, obviously ensures the directors and officers, right? For if they're sued for uh, uh, a myriad of reasons. Um, there's also many other insuring agreements that, um, that that are included in that in that policy, and how that policy is structured and designed is very important. But again, it depends on the bank, depends on what you you know what you, what risks you have. But it's everything from your your D's and O's. Like if the bank fails, you know, you can be sued for that for a, mm -hmm. a regulators by shareholders, whoever, um, customers. Um, 
there's professional liability for, for things that you do for uh, just as a bank that every bank does. There's lender liability if you're sued for, you know, any kind of um, loan related lawsuit. Um, fiduciary liability for, you know, your ERISA type plans, your 401ks, things of that nature. And uh, employment practices obviously is included in that as well, where if you're sued for any employment related situations, which is harassment, things like that. So, um, and that's, you know, there could be a few others, uh, trust liability. If you have a trust department, again, that depends, you know, on the bank, not every bank has a trust department. So, um, but yeah, I mean, directors and officer liability is, uh, very much a, uh, uh, something that we, we deal with every day and uh, we look at and can help banks for sure. Yeah. This is so interesting. It's like this hidden world. I never really considered of banking. What do, when I think of insurance, I think about like the premiums I pay on my homeowners or my, my auto insurance, what, what kind of factors go into the premiums for a bank's insurance? A lot of factors go in, um, <laughs> you know, it depends on, um, asset size. Obviously, um, they look at the loan portfolio concentrations of said loan, loan portfolio. And this is, I'm referring to like the DNO and the bond in this. Obviously, uh, certain employment practices that we just talked about, like background checks, that's a question they ask. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different things that they're going to ask to rate it. Um, you know, when you're talking about cyber, um, which is where most of my questions come from on what's required and what you need. You know, it used to be, um, it's basically to get the good policy terms that you need and the good pricing, you need to have certain controls in place, point blank. And um, and that is, applies to the bond too, with some of those cyber coverages, just wire fraud and things like that. So we really dig in the policy and tell the bank, a lot of banks don't know what they have to do to even have coverage. A lot of these policies have requirements in them, um, depending on who the carrier is. And, um, you know, they require bank, they require a few things of the bank in order for there to be coverage. So it's not just quoting and writing the insurance. We read the policy. And we educate the wire room, the ops room on what they need to do or help the IT person, you know, on who they need to contact and how that process looks in the event of a breach or the event of a uh, a cyber event. So, again, to answer your question, again, I know it's it's not, there's not really one short answer. It's just, it's a complex and depends on your bank um, and, and where you are, you know, that a lot of these answers come from. Yeah. So my background is an internal audit. So when you mention controls, you're kind of speaking my language here. So when you talk about the controls that a bank has to have in place, do you actually go in and and verify or have them otherwise tell you those are there? Or do you just write within the policy that contingent on these controls, you have this coverage? So typically what we do is we send an application um, and the application will ask the necessary questions. Um, and most of the carriers we operate with, will um, it's kind of what there's a couple knockouts, right. To get the full limits that you need. So, you know, it's questions and, um, the bankers that would listen to this, I'm sure they've dealt with this multi-factor authentication is, uh, basically a requirement now, uh, for, for cyber insurance. And if, um, if, if you don't have it and you have cyber insurance, it's probably not what you need. Um, segregation of networks, those type of things. There's a cup, there's a few knockout questions that are in there um, that we, and you know, we don't, we don't just send the application, you know, we also go through the application and, um, and advise the bank on, you know, how they need to answer the question, you know, if, 
if we're having issues because I, I don't you know it used to be the cfo would would answer this these questions on the cyber application specifically now every bank i'm dealing with who has their own it person or own it department and you know they do the application and and it, there could be some quite there's just overlap between departments now on a lot of these a lot of these policies so um we, we help we help the bank with those questions and they can be worded kind of tricky and um you know it can be it just can be kind of complex when when you're doing it yeah so you don't have like one contact within the bank either you're in contact with yeah. multiple departments and multiple people yeah i mean it depends on the size of the bank i mean you know i still have some banks where the president ceo does everything um and that's how it's always going to be and that's fine i have some that you know the bank is the cfo that handles these apps and the it person does this one or um you know on some of our lending products the collateral protection products we do obviously it's going to fall under the chief lending officer and that he's going to be the one that's going to be able to know that information for the portfolio and everything else that we need so you know yeah it it's it's a a variance of who we talk to in the bank um for sure yeah, so we talked a little bit about your background and you've been in this arena for uh, quite a while. How has it changed and evolved since you first started with bank insurance? Has it have you noticed any new trends or surprising issues? It's evolved. I mean, in the last three and a half years, it's changed like crazy um, with just the cyber portion period. Um, but I've been doing this 11 years with banks specifically, like you said, I've been in insurance for about 15 years. I got my license when I was in college. Insurance is all I've known, but banking specifically in 11 years. I mean, one of the biggest challenges that we face, just me selfishly is, you know, more, more M&A activity, mergers and acquisitions, right? We're losing banks. When I started, there was 200 and over 200 banks in Kentucky. Now there's less, you know, about 120. So there's a, there's, a lot of that going on, which changes the size of the banks, which changes the communities they're in as well. Um, but mostly it's been the cyber. Um, and again, that affects a couple different, a few different policies within a bank's insurance portfolio. So, you know, that's where I've been spending most of my time and, and getting my familiar with that, myself familiar with those forms and, and, and the service of those and, and what's required and, and educating banks on on that. So, I mean, like I said, it's changed, it's changed quite a bit and I see us moving forward. You know, I mean, um, most of our banks have these, the cyber controls in place. Um, so you're, you're not seeing those, the big pricing jumps that we saw a few years ago. Um, but it's only going to continue to get, get tough. I mean, there's just a lot of factors in banking. Um, I guess, like I was saying earlier, you know, what goes on in DC really matters. You know, these elections matter. Um, uh, goes on in your state in particular that that stuff affects uh it trickles on down to all of us in this industry um you know obviously the cyber risks that are that are going on interest rate risks that we're dealing with um post-covid um obviously banks you know with hiring right people working from home they're we're all having to adapt and and um and find a new way forward you know in uh, in this so it's a lot yeah. So, so you've mentioned cyber several times. Tell me about that. What does that mm -hmm. look like, that process? And what is that? So every bank should have a cyber policy that in, that ensures uh, them for, you know, lawsuits like liability, third party lawsuits. There's also first party coverages in there 
for uh, you know, things like ransomware. Everybody knows has heard of that. Um, also, uh, notification costs, right? So if you have a breach, you know, depending on your state, every state also has different privacy laws, and those requirements are different on how you're supposed to notify your customers if you do have a breach. Um, I mean, there's everything in coverage from there for you know forensics to find out what happened, who's been affected, to PR if you need you know public relations as well. So uh, the cyber policy is going to be there to. I always say you know your cyber policy. It it really your biggest risk with cyber is your reputation. If you if you have if you have a cyber incident and it's not handled properly. Um, and that probably rings true to every community bank I deal with for sure. Um, and I've, you know, we deal with it all the time. Every month there's a breach we're dealing with. So, um, how that, how that breach is handled when you're in the boardroom and you're having to address it and, and you have somebody to call, um, and you have a procedure, you know, it can mean the difference in, in the reputation. Uh, for for your bank and the community, and that's that's really important to us as somebody who only I know it's important to the bank, but it's definitely important to us as somebody who only works with community banks. That's very important to us as well. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, do you see a lot of cybersecurity type claims? Yeah, yeah, we. I mean, um, yeah, we we see them all the time, and they're all different. They look different. You know, there's some of them are the same. See a lot of business email compromise where, you know, banks are, um, Outlook's probably the most common place we see um, these instances start. But, yeah, we, we deal with them uh, all the time and, and help banks with that. And, um, I, don't, I don't think that's going away. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, yeah. I, I always say it's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't feel like it's if, it's when type thing. Um, mm-hmm. No matter how, you know, things have, Banks have obviously invested many, uh, a lot of resources into making sure um, they stay secure, um, and um, and that's great. And, uh, obviously, we encourage that, but um, anything can happen, right? So that's uh, yeah, we deal with it a lot. Yeah. So if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners, um, whether that's related to, to cybersecurity or anything else we've talked about today, anything in the insurance arena, what would you, what would you say? Um, you know, on the insurance side, I would just, especially on your, you know, your professional lines of insurance, your, your insurance lines that are specific to you as a financial institution, you know, your bond, your DNO, your cyber, make sure you know what that stuff says. And if you don't know, make sure your agent, you should have an agent that does. Um, Cause that is a big deal um, for a myriad of reasons that we just discussed. Uh, just, but just in life in general, you know, I would just say, you know, we deal with it all the time in banking. What we just talked about, just embrace the up and downs and, and stay the course uh, and just, and, and don't give up. That's kind of one of the things as, uh, as things kind of, you know, change all around us uh, worldwide in our own country. Um, you know, one of the things I find that that's helped is just keep my head down, keep working, keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing and controlling what I can control. So um, that's the way we look at it. Well, that is perfect. I love that. Stay the course. Like that's perfect. And and read the policy and understand what your coverage is. I think that's good advice for, 
for life. And we see that in banking all the time, right? We read the contract. And I even tell my nine-year-old, like, we don't sign anything until we read it, you know, try and imprint that on her early. So I totally yeah. think that, that is great yeah. advice. Yeah, well, thanks for joining me today, yeah. Brandon. I've learned a lot. Yeah, it's been really helpful. And for the rest great. of you. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. And for the rest of you, that's Banking Matters. <laughs>